Which Mets pitching prospect is most ready to contribute in 2024? I'll break it all down on today's edition of Locked On Mets. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you uh, Mays and Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, I'll be breaking down the top pitching prospects in the Mets system to see which one can most contribute this upcoming season. The first segment, I'll talk about Mike Vassell. In the second segment, I will talk about Christian Scott. And in the final segment, I'll talk about Dominic Hamill and Blade Tidwell. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on X at Finkelstein Ryan. You can find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Now, I apologize to everyone who is. Looking for a show yesterday and did not find one. I actually got my wisdom teeth out on Tuesday. So I recorded an extra show Monday night to get me through the recovery process a little bit, but wasn't able to get on the mic yesterday to record. So uh, finally feeling a little bit better. Thought I could talk for 30 minutes here. If you're watching on YouTube, you might see the cheeks are a little bit puffier than they typically are, but hey, I'm doing good and I'm excited to talk about Mets pitching prospects because this is a show I've had data on for a while. Uh, but last week, right when I was actually prepping, uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto signed. So I didn't get to it. And then there was some other stuff I wanted to talk about earlier this week. So finally, we're going to look at the pitch data of Mike Vassell, Christian Scott, Blade Tidwell, and Dominic Hamill and break down which one of these guys is closest to the big leagues who can actually make an impact in that rotation this year. We're going to start with Mike Vassell because he's the guy that's closest. He made 16 starts in AAA this past season. Start of the year in Binghamton, made 10 starts there had a 3.71 ERA. Ends up getting that bump in 16 starts in AAA. He had a 5.30 ERA in 73 innings pitched. The strikeout rates did stay the same, but his walks more than tripled, gave up more hits. If you look at his whip, which is walks and hits over innings pitched, it went from 0.83 in AA to 1.49, or excuse me, 1.479 in AAA. So, you go from less than a base runner per inning to almost a base runner and a half per inning. It's not going to lead to a lot of success. I will say that league that he was pitching in a AAA, it is an offensive heavy league. So you have to take some of those stats with a grain of salt, but the walk rate doesn't really matter what league you're in. I mean, that just shows you a guy that sort of lost it a little bit when facing that tougher competition. Now I'm going to throw a lot of stats at you guys today, uh, but I'm going to do my best to add enough commentary in there that I'm not just boring you with numbers. We're going to begin with in-zone whiff percentage, okay? So this is you know, pitches that were deemed in the zone that batter swung at and swung through. So you look at Mike Vassell, and the thing about you know his data that I saw is he's the closest of all of these pitching prospects we're going to discuss today to having a four-pitch mix. But there's certainly two offerings that are better, his fastball and his slider. You look at his three secondaries, though. So it's a slider, change-up, and a curveball. 
His end zone whiff percentage on the slider was 25.4%. His end zone whiff percentage on the changeup was 35.5%. His end zone whiff percentage on the curveball was 24.6%. That is showing you that here are pitches that batters could get to, that they were swinging through a decent amount. That's showing you good movement, a, a chance that these are pitches that can be plus pitches at the next level. Now you look at his hard hit percentage on those three secondaries. 31.5% hard hit percentage against his slider, only 15% against his changeup, and then 29.6% against his curveball. Again, that's showing you pitches that aren't getting crushed by the opposition too much. Now, with some refinement, I really do think he can get to a full four-pitch mix, but there is some cautionary signs when it comes to the changeup and the curveball, and even the fastball to a certain respect, because his fastball got hit pretty hard this past year. But he threw his fastball 52% of the time, comes in at 93.5 miles per hour as the average. Slider, 25% of the time, change up and curve at 13% and 11% respectively. Now he is throwing his fastball for a strike a lot. Strike rate on the fastball was 67.4%. That's solid. He also got a chase rate of 25.8% on his fastball. That's pretty good as well. And uh, you also have his slider that had a really good strike rate of 69.9% and a chase rate of 38%. Those are his best two pitches. But you look at the strike rate of his changeup, only 52.5%. And there's this other stat. It's called NC percent, which is non-competitive percent. So pitches that just have no chance. You know, you spike a changeup. You, you throw it over the, you know, the catcher's head to the backstop. Those are non-competitive pitches. Pitches that are easy for batters to just take, unless it's hobby bias in the box, of course. So you look at the changeup. Non-competitive percentage of 18.3%, same rate as his curveball as well. That's close to 20% of the time. So one out of every five of those pitches is just not competitive. That's where you get to the point where a pitch just might not be viable long-term. And that's what you want to stay away from. If he can refine those two offerings, make them competitive more often, land them from strikes more often, the movement's there as we went back to that in-zone with percentage. I mean, again, when that changeup was in the zone, Batters were swinging through at 35.5% of the time. It's just a matter of getting it in the zone more, getting it closer to the zone where you know guys are chasing it instead of just changeups that are missing entirely. That's what he has to work on. Batters hit 224 against Mike Vassell this past year, had a 391 slug. That's not that bad. The problem is he gave up 18 home runs and 26 starts, which isn't terrible, but it's certainly not great. His walk rate was 11.7% in AAA, so that's way too high. Um, still got the strikeouts in both AAA and AA, but you know that was concerning. The fastball was hit hard too. Uh, hard hit percentage of fifty point nine percent, home run percentage of seven point four percent, the highest of any of any of his pitches, and he only got ground balls on it thirty point six percent of the time. Only got ground balls on his slider thirty two point two percent of the time. So a lot of balls were getting hit up in the air. If Vassell had a better third or fourth pitch, I think his fastball and slider would end up playing up even more. You know, right now, if a lot of the changeups and curveballs he's throwing aren't competitive, batters can identify it and just lay off of those, and they can really tunnel and focus on the fastball and the slider. So that, you know, is could be a reason why those pitches were getting hit harder because in AAA, guys were looking for him and they were doing some damage. If he can develop a really good changeup, which he has the makings of it, he just has to you know, get more consistency, a better feel for it, but all of a sudden, I think the fastball plays up, the slider plays up, and he has a real chance to be a quality starting pitcher. If not, though, I, I think there is 
some reliever risk here, but you know, he could be an effective reliever with that fastball and slider. So I, I do think he's a big leaguer at some point. I think he's up this season. For this year, though, ultimately, unless he makes some big changes, because he doesn't have this great fastball in comparison to someone like Christian Scott, who we're going to talk about in the next segment, I think he might be best served to be more of a long man. You know, a guy that comes out of the bullpen, gives you multiple innings. I think he could do that well, where he maybe only has to face a lineup one time through. But his fastball isn't quite good enough, and he doesn't have enough feel for all those secondaries where I think he can go out and face a lineup three times through. That's where my concern is. Now, if he shows up with a much improved changeup and you know his curveball's better, he's able to land that first strike more, all of a sudden, maybe the whole world opens up to Vassal. And again, he is the closest to a four-pitch mix. The reason why I like Christian Scott more, and I'll talk about it in the next segment, is because his fastball is so good that I think off that pitch alone, which is going to be throwing over half the time, I think he'll be able to get big league hitters out. I think he'll be able to get them out multiple times through a lineup. That's why I believe Christian Scott is the guy that could impact the rotation this season. I'll talk about that more in just a minute. First, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Brand new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. You think about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. You got the NFL season winding down with the playoffs around the corner. You got the college football playoffs that are basically here now as well. The NBA season in full swing. So every night, there's usually some NBA action you can find. And there's a wide range of betting options on an app that is so easy to use. You have the spread. You have player props, so if you're watching an NBA game, you can bet on a player's points, rebounds, assists, three-pointers made, all that good stuff. You have the over-under and, and more. You can also combine different things, right? So you can bet on the over on the game, and you know if it's a basketball game, bet on the star player to hit their over on their points as well. Combine those, make it a parlay. Or if you're watching on Sunday, you, know, you can bet on the first person to score a touchdown in a given game. And remember, if you win that first $5 money line bet, you're going to get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. If you don't want to miss out on any of the latest Mets news this offseason, make sure you become a Locked On Mets Insider. This is our texting service where I can send you updates anytime about the Mets. Also, I'll answer all of your questions. So if you have any question or comment that you've wanted to share with me, this is the way to get direct access to me. And again, I respond to everything. It might not be immediately, but I'm going to get on there and make sure I answer all those questions. I appreciate all of you subscribe. You can find the link in the episode description. Go to subtext.com slash locked on Mets. Now, Christian Scott, this is my favorite pitching prospect, I think, in the Mets system. It's either him or Blade Tidwell, but for Tidwell, it's still just hoping on the promise. Christian Scott really showed it this past year. Made six starts on high A, had a 228 ERA and 23 two third innings pitched. Gets up to double A, makes 12 starts, has a 247 ERA and 62 innings pitched. In double A, his strikeout to walk ratio was 9.63, so over nine strikeouts for every walk. That is elite. He pounds the strike zone, and he's able to because he has an elite fastball. I would venture to say that Christian Scott has the best fastball 
in the Mets system right now, even better than Blade Tidwell. The average is at 94.5 miles per hour, but he can certainly gear up to the upper 90s there. His strike rate on his fastball this past year was 72.8%. His in-zone percentage was 61.8%. Now, he also got a lot of chase on his fastball. A chase rate over 30% on a fastball is excellent, 31.8%. He can use it as a strikeout pitch up in the zone. Guys swing right through it. He had an in-zone whiff percentage. So when the fastball was in the zone of 31.8%, that is, again, excellent. So you look at all these different things, the chase rate, the end zone whiff rate, man, that is a fastball that's going to play. And even better, that pitch was only put in play 13.8% of the time. So guys are just fouling it off. They're really struggling to even get it on the field sometimes. The hard hit percentage for the fastball is 43.1%, which is pretty good for a fastball because you know guys, if they hit it, typically they're going to hit a fastball pretty hard. Home run percentage on his fastball, 1%. No one's driving that pitch out. Ground ball percentage of 39.6%. That's pretty solid as well. Again, it's just a great fastball. Now, here's where we get to the issue. He's got a three-pitch mix, but it's mostly fastball changeup. He does not have a breaking ball that he can really trust. Um, you know, He uses each to change in the slider about 22% of the time this past year, and the fastball's taken up the rest of that, basically. I think he had like a curve that he dumped in a couple times, but basically it's a three-pitch mix. Now, his changeup did have a strike rate of 65.5% and a chase rate of 35%. So it shows you a really good mix from his fastball to his changeup. You know, you have that difference in velocity. You have that difference in movement. And even better, you look at the ground ball rate he got. I know I have it on here. Yeah, ground ball rate on the changeup of 55.6%. So guys are just rolling over that pitch, right? They're gearing up for the fastball. They get a changeup and they're trying to adjust. They can't. They hit that thing into the ground. He's able to get a lot of outs with it. Really good to have those two pitches that work so well off of each other. The one issue with the changeup is the NC percentage, again, the non-competitive percentage, was 19%. So he needs to get a little bit of a better feel for the control of it because sometimes he's throwing it and it just doesn't have a chance. Again, this is a guy that has a great fastball if that changeup was in the zone a little bit more, even you know more competitive, where guys are swinging at it outside of the zone again, the chase rate's good. It's just sometimes you know, he has pitches that guys are able to just lay off of. Well, now he's going to have two offerings that he can really go to the well with, and honestly, get big league hitters out with. But a two pitch mix in the big leagues—that's more a relief pitcher. You need to have a breaking ball, and I hope. Christian Scott's been working this offseason. I hope he's in that Mets pitching lab, and he's going to come back, whether it's with that slider, maybe they develop a sweeper, whatever it is, he needs a breaking ball. Even if it was a cutter, he just needs something that he can throw to, to give, especially right-handed batters, that one more look, the, the, the look that goes a little more horizontal. He can go east to west with a little bit. His slider did have a good strike rate, okay? So a strike rate of 60%. In zone percentage, though, is 51.7%. And here's the stat that made me nervous. In zone whiff percentage of 14.4%. So while he was landing it for a strike, getting it in the zone, guys also were not missing it much when it was there. So that just shows you that it's not quite where it has to be. Chase percentage, 23.4%. Hit hard 52.7% of the time. Average exit velocity against his slider was 94.1 miles per hour. So it got hit hard. Now, 
If he can come back with that one pitch, this guy will be ready for the, the opening day rotation, honestly. Like his fastball is there. His changeup is very close. It's really just can he get the slider there or whatever variation of a breaking ball they're going to add. He needs that third pitch. He also needs to, again, improve that changeup a bit. It's really good but can be a little bit better. If he can iron those things out, this guy could be up. And look at the stats he put up again. Low twos ERA, high strikeout rate, low walk rate. This is a guy that I think has frontline potential. Do I think he's going to be an ace? I'm not going to say that, but could Christian Scott be a really good number three, if not a number two? I think he has that promise if he can get that breaking ball figured out. If not, that fastball is going to, you know, make him, you know, it'll help him survive, right? That fastball is good enough where whether he's in the bullpen or the rotation, he's going to get outs with it. Okay. That that's a, a given it's that good, but you have to have some other things you can mix in. So if he can, again, get a little bit better control of that change up. And if he can find a breaking ball, he's going to be a dangerous pitcher. He is. Um, and I don't even know, like maybe you throw a splitter. Like that, that could be a mix that he, he, they teach him. He needs that one other pitch, but if he gets it, I really do think this guy could be a big piece for the Mets this season. Don't think it's opening day, but you know, mid season, if he can come with the breaking ball shows out in spring and then whether he starts in double A or triple A strings together, a, a good set of starts. And then an injury happens. He's a guy where with that fastball, the Mets might say, all right, let, let's, let's see what Scott can do. And I think he can do a lot. I, I really do. So I, 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 right now, looking at the pitch data, while Blade Tidwell might you know be ranked higher by some in the Mets farm system, I think Christian Scott should be considered potentially the best pitching prospect the Mets have right now. Just a matter of rounding all those last couple things into form. And I do think we see, honestly, both Scott and Vassal in 2024. Um, how much we see him, that's to be determined. But I think both of them make their debut this season. Another guy that could make his debut, though, is Dominic Camel. I want to talk about him and then talk about a guy that a lot of people regard as the best pitching prospect in this system and Blade Tidwell. So we'll get to those last two guys in just a minute. First, though, another word from our sponsors. Locked On has launched the first ever 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube covering everything in the world of sports. That is Locked On Sports Today. With our local experts on each team and our league-wide experts on each league, you can find Locked On Sports Today streaming on YouTube 24-7. All right, let's talk about Dominic Camel. He was the Mets pitching prospect of the year in 2022. Last year, I believe that went to Christian Scott. Uh, but he's been very good the last couple of years. He spent his entire season in 2023, Hamill did, uh, in double A, he had a 385 ERA and 124 innings pitch. One thing I like about him, he's thrown a lot of innings the last couple of years. So guys that are stretched out that can give you something, Dominic Hamill does provide that. I should have noted that on Scott. He has yet to hit over 100 innings pitch, I don't believe, in his minor league career. So that's one problem, right, is that you don't have to watch him with the innings, and he might not be ready for a full workload until 2025, 2026, where he could get up to 180 innings. That's something that has to be monitored. Back to Hamill, though, he's a guy that is stretched out, that has been making you know, consistent starts the last couple of years, and his strikeout rate is great. This past year, 
over 30%, 30.4%. Walk rate, 9.3%, a little bit high. He's got a five-pitch mix that he's trying to go with. A fastball, 51% of the time. Slider, 17% of the time. And then he mixes in a curveball, a changeup, and a cutter, 11% of the time each. His slider and cutter both have good chase rates, as does his fastball. The chase rates are lower on his curveball and changeup. Also, you look at the non-competitive percentage, right? The NC percentage. On his curveball, it's 20.4%. On his changeup, it's 25.4%. So about a quarter of the changeups he throws are just not competitive. That's where you have to wonder if those pitches can last. And then you look at the cutter. It was competitive a lot of times, but it got hit really hard. Average exit velocity of 96.6 miles per hour, hard hit percentage of 56%. So well over half the time that pitch was getting hit very hard. Fastball grades out well. Uh, strike rate, 67.7%. In zone whiff rate, 28.4%. Chase rate, 25.8%. So, you know, that's a pitch you can lean on. Slider is good. It's just a matter of what else does he throw. I think he needs to refine his pitch mix. Like maybe you ditch the, the cutter and just throw more sliders. Um, you know, figure out what works between the curveball and a changeup. And honestly, I don't know what does. So, again, I, I feel like long-term there's a lot of reliever risk with Dominic Camel. But he's stretched out enough that I think he's probably more a depth swingman type. And you might see him this year, um, or you see him in 2025. He's got a really high spin rates in, in stuff like that, where you know you can get excited about this stuff. Long term, I, I just wonder if he might be better served to be a guy that has that fastball and that slider play up much more out of the bullpen. Like I, I look at him and Mike Vassell. And it's kind of a similar conversation, but I think Mac, Mike Vassell is a lot closer to rounding out a four-pitch mix where he can last as a starting pitcher. I think Hamill's a little bit farther away from that. Speaking of far away, Blade Tidwell. Now, he made 17 starts in high A, pitched to a 3.09 ERA. He was able to just overpower guys in that league with his fastball. He then made eight starts in double A, had a 4.72 ERA. He'll be in double A all year. That, that's my prediction on Tidwell. I don't expect to see Tidwell until 2025 at the earliest. Now his fastball averages 94.4 miles per hour, throws at 53, 53% of the time, slider 29% of the time, change up 13% of the time, and a curveball he threw a couple times as well. But really, it's fastball slider change. Um, he landed that fastball for a strike about 65% of the time, in zone percentage of about 54%, in zone whiff of about 30%. So shows you a really good fastball chase rate, 27.6%, but it was hit a little bit hard. His fastball was, and he didn't really keep that ball on the ground when he threw the fastball slider was his second best pitch, which again is sort of reflected in how much he used it uh, Threw for a strike. 63% of the time in zone whiff, 27.3% chase rate, 29%. So that's really good. His changeup had an in zone whiff percentage of 37.5%. This guy has good stuff. It also had a non-competitive percentage, though, of 24.6%. So he's just raw, right? If he can continue to work, if he can get that slider and get that change up to a point where you know he has a real three, four-pitch mix, if he can even throw that curveball, he's 22 years old. There's a, a really good chance that this guy in two years has ascended, especially if this pitching lab the Mets have is legit. And you know he's a guy that has front-line potential. He's just raw. He's very raw. They got to work with him for a while. Again, I don't expect to see him in 2024, 
And it's too early to tell about 2025. It depends on how he does this year. But I think he has like a full calendar year of work in him to really get his stuff to a place where he can compete at the highest level. But again, when you're just looking at pure stuff, he might have the best stuff in this system long-term. Like he has the characteristics, the makeup to be a really good starting pitcher, or if not an elite back end arm in the bullpen, but you just got to figure out where he's going to land and it's going to take time and development. That's why it's so important that the Mets get better in those areas so they can start to develop their own pitching prospects. And they've done a good job. Like this past year was a market improvement. I haven't even talked about Tyler Stewart and Jawander Suarez today. They had a lot of success this past year as well. The Mets are getting there. They're starting to put it together in that farm system, but it's a little bit away. They don't have the assets in that farm system to trade arms, to get pieces. That's something that they need to work on. Um, you know, the more that you can develop the Mike Vassals and Dominic Hamels of the world to where you have not just two of them, but like six or seven of them in your system, guys that have a chance to be starters, at least, you know, you know, profile to potentially be decent relievers. Those are guys that teams are going to take a chance on in a trade. They'd be more willing to give you that rental that you need at the deadline or, you know, what the extra piece that goes to the blue chip prospect to get you the star. You have to develop pitching. And, and the Mets have not done a good job of that in, in some time, but they're getting better. And, and they have some arms like the four that we talked about today that you can be pretty excited about. Mike Vassell is the guy that I would, I would guess is the closest, the guy that you know has an outside shot if some injuries happen of breaking the opening day rotation. More likely, though, I think all of them need more time to develop. And I think Christian Scott is the best pitching prospect the Mets have and the one that will make the biggest impact this season if I had to take an educated guess on it. Anyway, I hope you all enjoyed today's show. I know it was very data-heavy, uh, but I appreciate all of you who tune in. Um, I might do one more show to close out the year and I'll explain why if I do one. Um, otherwise, I'll see you all in the new year. I appreciate all of you uh, who are subscribed uh, on YouTube. So please hit that subscribe button if you aren't trying to get to 8,000 subs. Appreciate all of you do that. All of you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to be a Locked on Mets insider, you can find a link in the episode description. Go to subtext.com slash locked on Mets. And that you made it to the end of the show. If you're watching on YouTube, Head over to Locked On Sports today, the first ever 24-7 streaming channel covering everything in the world of sports with our local experts from each team and our league-wide experts on each league. You can go to Locked On Sports today, streaming 24-7.